I'm Ty Nichols, and recently I've been thinking that life gives us so many amazing relationships with people who are so talented and interesting, but life is going to do what it does, and we're going to grow apart and lose contact. This is what happens when you spin the block on those relationships. Join me as I have a talk with one of my new old friends. Hey everybody, I am back today with one of my former classmates from Bowie State University. I'm super excited for this episode because of what we're going to be talking about today and just how this conversation seems to always come up with the guest I have today. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and say hi to Marcus. Appreciate it, Ty. Um, Happy to be here. Happy to talk about hip hop, you know, within the celebration that we're amongst these days. So yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Of course, of course. Um, When I thought about having this topic on the podcast, you were one of the first people to come to mind. Um, So I'm happy that I was able to get you for this episode. I feel honored to be able to talk about, you know, one of my one true loves. (laughs) (laughs) So on the back end, I've been having conversations about this episode, and um, a lot of people have told me that you were the right person to get for <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're going to have to talk offline about who you had to source uh, to ask about this. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> so before we get into the reasons why this is a good conversation for you, Mm-hmm. I just want to know if you had to estimate how many times someone has greeted you with the Eartha Kit voice from Boomerang, what would that number be? Um, hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of times. Like, I mean, it's, you know, for those that are not aware of the cultural impact of Boomerang in that movie, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But, um, yeah, it's it's. It's it's upwards of several hundred, if not several thousand. Like it's it's been a constant throughout my whole life, and I think I was greeted like that by grown people even before I saw the movie for myself, and I didn't get the reference. But then, like once I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it, you know. But uh, yeah, it's 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 happened to me many many times. Yeah, I mean that movie is iconic, and I'm sure it's going to come up with the next question as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to jump around a little bit. I'm not going to go in chronological order here yeah. um, just because of the flow of the conversation and how we relate to it. So anyway, mm-hmm. back when we turned 30, right, we had the same birthday party thing mm-hmm. and your birthday is before mine. So I remember seeing your promo for your party and I'm just like, that's the same idea I had. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. when I tell y'all, his promo for his party was like the budget was different from my budget for promo. First of all, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he clearly had what a commercial and a photo shoot, and mm-hmm. you were kind of like in character, channeling Marcus Graham a bit. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> so, how did you come up with the idea to do that birthday party thing? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was, what, 2018 when we turned 30? So, like, I think for me it was just, like, um, I knew I wanted to throw a party, number one. And um, I couldn't really think of another theme other than to do, like, kind of a throwback party. And and once I came up with the title of Marcus's Throwback 30, it just kind of, like, fit. 
to just say, okay, that, that fits my personality. That fits what I'm about. I know I could bring, I could, I mean, it's my birthday, so I know I could bring people out, but I know people are going to want to party with me for something that fits, you know, kind of what I'm all about as far as like old school music, classic music, um, you know, and, and, and vibing, you know, in that kind of environment. So whether it was costumes, whether it was just like, you know, throwing it back to some classics, you know, whatever the thing was, I know people would be down for it. So I, after that, I kind of thought to myself, okay, well, if we're going to do it, let's, let's do it right. I don't want to half-ass it. So um, I said to myself, okay, what am, what am I willing to do? I talked to a couple of people. I was like, okay, I think I want to shoot a commercial. And, (laughs) um, I didn't really have a, a big scope of what I wanted to do. I just said, like, I know I kind of want to wear all white. Um, I know I kind of wanted to be in the city. Um, I contacted one of our mutual friends, and, and she, between the collaboration of us, we did, like, basically a photo shoot and a video shoot all in one night. Okay. And we, um, I went forth and, like, edited it um, once I got back home, you know, um, put put a... Uh, uh, case touch me, tease me is the uh, soundtrack to it. Put a little slow mo to it, and you know, next thing I put it on the gram, and you know, that really got the people uh, just just excited for it. So that was kind of the first step. And then, like what you're referring to, else what I did was I did a couple um, other photo shoots, which are also my idea, um, impersonating some album covers. Um, yeah. So um I did Bobby Brown um Don't Be Cruel album uh and I actually had that album on vinyl I think yeah so um yeah I just uh you know I know you're going to get to the odds of fate question but like I, I kind of had a a, a a a little bring back of the fade at the time so I said you know let's just go ahead and do it I've been growing probably like 5 6 months so I said, okay, let's just, I'm going to go to my barber, get, get trimmed up real quick. And, you know, bought a, a, a big uh, gray double-breasted jacket to kind of fit the <laughs> what Bobby Brown was wearing in there, a white turtleneck. And uh, I got my sister to take the picture um, with a green screen. And then okay. I just kind of, um, I went to Photoshop and kind of like mimicked a texture that looked like the background behind them on there. And, uh, and put, instead of, Bobby Brown, don't be cruel. I just put my name and put Marcus's throwback 30. And it's like when you post it up there and people get to see it, it's like you had to, you can't even really tell the difference because, you know, unless you put them side by side. No, I think it's important to note how much effort you put into this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it gives the listeners a preview as to um, how much, I guess, this era means to you and also how this music made an impact in your life yeah. like around the detail for the uh the birthday party mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. i just remember seeing it and i'm just like oh wow yeah. and i didn't feel like it was like a competition or anything <laughs> I mean, the same thing, especially with them not being around the same time but i was just like that's really cool like mm-hmm. the way you executed that um i had like similar vibes but kind of different but I definitely wanted to do 90s because I love 90s music so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of how we met, right? Yep. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Okay. So tell me your account of how uh, that- you were. You were an RA 
and Haley, um, and you know our mutual friend, one of my closest friends, Amir, also RA and Haley. Um, you know, and for what I can recall, you was pretty like you know, you know, hard nosed within your duties as a RA. Like you was you was not trying to let people in and out, and like you don't live here, get out of here, whatever. <laughs> and um, you know, I always come by to check on the mirror, see what's what he up to and everything like a lot of people did. And, you know, one day he was like at the front desk and I probably had, you know, headphones on or I probably had the hot top fade at the time. And mm-hmm. I'm like just rapping, singing something, um, whatever was in my headphones at the time. And I probably was trying to be a little charming and like either trying to rap to you or whatever. And you probably was a little annoyed <laughs> from the look on your face <laughs> within like, what is this? Who is this guy? And like, why does he keep rapping and he won't shut up and, I told him to get out, but he won't leave. Um, um, so I did, you know, I listened to you. I tried to respect your job, you know, and everything. But, but I, I, you know, I would come back every now and then. And eventually, like, you know, we got to talk a little bit more and get to know each other a little bit more. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I remember from the, like, the initial interaction. That is such a nice version of it. <laughs> <laughs> really and truly. Yeah. Okay, what's your recollection of it? All right, so um, I wasn't exactly an RA. I was a desk assistant. And it's important to make that... um, Distinction? Yes, thank you. (laughs) So it's important for that because um, that's kind of how I knew Amir. So I was a desk assistant, which means that I did most of the stuff that RAs did, Mm -hmm. but it was during um, the daytime. Okay. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. usually all of my shifts were during the day and usually I only worked one weekend shift. Okay. I became cool with Amir because Amir would ask me to switch shifts with him. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I would. And a lot of times I would be working doubles because a lot of people said when I was working in this role, like, you don't let nobody in. Yeah, because I've been sitting here like for hours with nothing to do. So I'm not in the mood for anybody's, you know, BS. (laughs) And here comes Marcus with a high top fade looking like Jet Jackson or whatever. (laughs) And I'm sitting at the desk. I think I had like, I want to say I had get money as my ringtone on my phone at the time. Oh, okay. You're ringing bells now. Okay. Yeah. Then you came over like, what you know about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yo. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm really annoyed because I'm like, is he, what, you know? You trying to challenge me or something? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you did. Like you completely challenged me and I'm just looking like, who does he think he is? Yeah. So, yeah. so um after a few times of that happening, I think yeah, we did become cool and start um talking about music a lot from mm-hmm. that point on. Um, mm-hmm. but those mm-hmm. were some long shifts. Some yeah. very long shifts. I think I do remember now. You 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 jogging my memory now. I if I I don't remember exactly, but if you mentioned get money and get money was your uh ringtone, um yeah, we're going back to the ringtone era, y'all. Like <laughs> this is this- <laughs> Um, uh, I probably started rapping the song if I heard it, <laughs> just knowing me. Um, and I remember if I could recall, I think one time, like Amir wasn't there and I was waiting for Amir to get back. And then, like, I probably just stayed and kicked it with you at the, at the desk yeah. for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes or whatever. And, you know, just talking about 
work. And of course you got to do your job and like attend to people. But yeah, I, I do remember that now. Yeah. But I mean, over the years, there've been so many, I guess, good conversations about music, about hip hop in particular. Yep. So that's why I had to get you for this episode. Yep. Um, so yep. that kind of leads into the next question. So being alive for 30 plus years of the 50 that hip hop has been around, mm-hmm. what are the, some of the most iconic moments in hip hop to you? Oh man. Um, I think, um, I think for me, like if I just give like my own personal history lesson with, with hip hop, um, I think first of all, my dad is the one that really got me into music. Um, kind of similar to Amir, like, you know, me and Amir are very alike within our backgrounds and whatnot. Um, but my dad really got me into music. He had a crazy, crazy uh, CD collection back in the 80s and 90s and whatnot. So before I had my own music, and remember the Walkmans? Like, my dad had a, a yeah. solo Walkman in the early 90s. So, um, you know, the t- and it's before the, the era of, like, no skips. Like, so it was skip. So I had to, like, hold it still so it wouldn't, you know. <laughs> um, I would just, like, raid his uh, his CD collection. Um, and listen to a lot of stuff. And he and back then, you know, early 90s or late 80s, he had a lot of R&B. My dad was a big Boyz II Men fan, a big Janet Jackson fan, a big, uh, who else did he have? Whitney, Tevin Campbell, like you name it. He had like all the R&B albums. And so, um, but, you know, I didn't really want to listen to that when I was a kid. <laughs> I was listening to what was on the radio. Um, and what started, I, you know, in the beginning with his collection, I listened to a lot of Michael Jackson. I listened to uh, the Space Jam soundtrack, yes. the soundtrack, um, and maybe like a couple of others. But but it started with Michael and then kind of branched with everything else. But again, I wanted to listen to stuff that was on the radio. So um, eventually, like once I got older, you know, remember the era of uh, listen to the radio and you record the tapes of a song off the radio yeah. and make it like your own mixtape? I yeah. started doing that like around 11. Uh, my grandma, she gave me her boombox and let and get and bought me some blank tapes, like when I was like ten or eleven, and I learned how to do that. So you know, I was recording like Silk the Shocker and who else was in the late nineties, um, Busta Rhymes, you know, all that kind of stuff. Jay Z, Hard Knock Life, um, you know, uh, Drew Hill, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and just kind of making my own little mixes. And so that for me is like you know, some of my, my earliest, fondest memories of um, being introduced to hip-hop. Like, um, I remember the video, video music box, looking at videos, you know, the late 90s with, you know, Bad Boy and, you know, the Busta Rhymes videos and stuff like that. So that was, like, probably the first introduction. Uh, my grandma, she bought me my first, like, probably hip-hop album, which was No Way Out, um, Puff Daddy and the Family, 1997. Um, and I had an older cousin, um, you know, like this is, we all like cousins. So to my grandma, that's her, both her grandchildren. Um, she gave us both the same album, except he got the the dirty version. I got the clean version because he's older, (laughs) he got the dirty version. So his had 17 tracks. Mine had 13. His cover was brown. My cover was orange. If you remember the No Way Out cover. So. You know, so he had No Way Out. He had Life After Death. He had Mace Harlem World. He had Lil' Kim Hardcore. And so I had my little clean version of some of them. And then I got to listen to his. I was like, yo, you got the 
I want that, you know, but my she wasn't trying, <laughs> trying to let me my my you know, she kept me honest and all that. But but yeah, like that's probably my earliest memories like being exposed to it. So I was a, a huge like bad boy fan in the late nineties. Love Puff, love Big, Love Mace, um, the Locks, um, Black Rob, Carl Thomas. I mean, you name it, I was I was on it. And I think um as time went on, you know, you get into middle school age, high school age for us, you know, you listen to more of what's going on. Um, got into Nas probably in the two thousands, like around Stillmatic. Um, but I think probably by the time of like high school and college for us, it's like, um, you know, Nas made hip hop is dead in Oh six. I think it was. Um, and music was kind of, well, hip hop was kind of, you know, you had D4L and a lot of, you know, the South took over. Yeah. So you had a lot of like, you know, that. It was dope for like the parties in, in college, but like as far as, you know, a lot of substance, like it probably, it probably wasn't the era for it. It was like a lot of party music. Right. So um, particularly like, you know, when we met in an undergrad, um, I kind of just went backwards. Like I wasn't really interested in listening to a lot of, the music that was that was out at the time, like it was cool to party to, listening to Gucci and Soldier Boy and all that. But I kind of just went backwards. And so, if you remember the LimeWire era, um, yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> during the LimeWire era, you know, we all had access to just BitTorrent and, and download a whole bunch of music. Um, my eyes kind of went up, and um, I forget what got me into like the '80s hip hop and the '90s hip hop, but. Um, you know, I think something probably brought me on to like samples and just like, okay, I knew yeah. what they were, but I didn't know like the word for it. So I just knew like, okay, this, this is the old version of this song or whatever. And looking up the, the history of it, um, something got me into samples and I started looking up samples and I would realize, oh snap. Okay. That came from this old school eighties R and B song or this old school eighties hip hop song. Um, I think that's a really good way to, I guess, discover new music that's new to you but it's old Mm -hmm. um through samples and figuring out like oh wow even to this day if i listen to something from a while back Mm -hmm. and i'm just like okay well this isn't such a such a song it's just so amazing and the sample might only be like a little bit right 15 seconds of that song but then you listen to the original you're like they really could have taken any part of this song because Mm -hmm. it's so good Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. And, and you know what? Probably, now that I think about it, it probably was Kanye that, that did it just because, you know, 04, yeah. 05, 06, like within his production. I think Kanye is the first person that for us novices at the time, like really made us pay attention to production mm-hmm. and like looking at the bones and the structure of a song and like, oh, okay, I see I, the keys here or these instruments or this sample or whatever, whatever. Like for us, if you're not a musician, if you're not a rapper or whatever, I think he's the first person for the average person that like made you look into like what makes up a song, what makes up a hip hop song. You know, Kanye came out with Through the Wire. I was like, okay, oh, I've, you know, my parents played Through, uh, Through the Fire by Shaka Khan. Okay, I've heard that before. And then your parents be like, you know, that ain't nothing new. That's Shaka Khan. Like, no, it's Kanye, you know. So I think by the time Limewire came out, I just started like, okay, let me start with Kanye. Okay, who is Shaka Khan? Look up the Shaka Khan albums, like, oh, a bunch of people have sampled Shaka Khan. Right. You know, let's let's go through all the albums. So, you know, I just started um 
downloading a bunch of old school um everything like from the 80s and 90s old school hip-hop old school r&b and kind of just went down a deep dive um boogie down productions um uh, uh uh you know big daddy kane krs1 nwa L O cool j um grandmaster Cass, you know cold crush brothers like you name it i w- i was just all the way de la soul you know rest of peace true goy um you know, I would download all of those and I'm like, oh shit, this, this music came out 20 years ago, but it's better than the shit that they playing now. You yeah. know, none yeah. of my friends agree, but you know, I, <laughs> I was in my own world. So I think like, if we talk of fondest memories, that's like, I was already in love with hip hop, but like learning the history and kind of like putting everything together is what made me like kind of go all the way in and just like, you know, really have an appreciation for like the then and now. And, and, and I was teaching, I was teaching um, my friends about stuff, you know, and by the time I really got fluent in it and within like music as a whole and, and hip hop history and everything like that, I could have a, t- a talk with music on to somebody 50 something years old or somebody that's 20 something years old. And it's like, it was just, it was just a beautiful time to be able to like know that history. I can see it because, like I said, I remember you challenging me that day and then a few other times after that. And then people that I talked to about this episode coming up also said, yes, that's very much Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can I can totally see that. I know for me, um, it's interesting to hear how you came into like in that era of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it was very different. Like, I don't remember an exact moment when I really started to like hip hop because hip hop to me was just the culture of where I lived. I'm originally from Harlem. So mm-hmm. a lot of what people identify as, you know, hip hop, it's just what was going on where yeah. I lived. Right. Um, and then even being so immersed in it and not realizing the people around me until I was much older. Um, so where I grew up in Harlem is the same block that Big O's from. Mm, Yeah, you told me. Yep. Yep. So that's like where I started. And then you Mm -hmm. talk about my dad being friends with Money Ray of the Cold Crush Brothers. I didn't realize that until I was about a teenager. Mm -hmm. That's just my dad's friend. That's Uncle Ray. I, (laughs) I don't know anything different. Yep. So then growing up, one of my favorite albums, even now, um, is Midnight Marauders. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tribe Called Quest. Yes. And I was about 31 before I realized that Uncle Ray was on the cover of that. You know, they have different covers and everything. Yep. Yep. So I didn't realize he was on the cover until I was like 31, which is mm-hmm. pretty recent. Right. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, the squint <laughs> and look at real close at the uh, the cover, all the heads on that thing. Yeah, it's the one on Spotify. Like normally, mm-hmm. I would listen to it, and I'm not paying attention to the cover much at all. Yep. Um, and then one day I'm looking on Spotify, and I'm just like, "Wait a minute." Yep. <laughs> so it's you know having all of that stuff around me and growing up, and to me, it's like hip hop isn't just the music. Yeah. It's everything. It's the way that you know people speak, the way yeah. that we wear our clothes, all sure. of that. Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't remember when, but I do know that when my, when Midnight Marauders dropped, that 92. was a special day for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I'm, I, I recall you telling me, like, you know, your roots in Harlem and, you know, the, the culture that was there. You always said I would I would love it, like, even in that era or even now, um, you know, which I believe, um, you know, uh, and, it, and it's just like, for me, you know, even though it was years and years later, like, when I really got to dive into those albums, um, yeah, they'd always been around. I mean, Midnight Marauders is the album with a war tour and, you know, a bunch of hits and all of that. So um, I had cousins that, that played it and whatever. But when I was younger, you know, we was five in 93. So it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, you, I'm not paying attention to that much detail um, then. But um, but for me, it's like when I really got to dive in, in like the undergrad years, it, it felt like I was there. Like I, I, I basically immersed myself in it. And hence the the high top, because it's like, you know, I was so that's all I played. You know, that's all I listened to. That's all I, you know, I wanted to I wanted to dress like it. I wanted to I wanted I wanted to be it like I don't care what year it was. That that was that was my vibe in that that moment. So um, the slang, the 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 clothes, you know, it just it just totally like um, engulfed me. Um, and even like, you know, I know, you know, how much, you know, hip hop and everything, but we talking like, yeah, there's the, the big popular artists that like people, people know about that are still, you know, relevant today. Tribe is still relevant today. You know, uh, uh, they'll know the big, the big artists, you know, they just had the 50th Grammy thing. They'll know those big artists, but I'm talking about like, you know, the, the artists that were, around then but you know nobody remembers if you a true hip-hop head double x posse um um three times dope you know stuff like that like i will still go back and listen to that and 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 i discovered them like in the 07 08 and everything. i'm like oh these dudes is like you know I remember you put me on i don't remember who it was but you were putting me on to some people from back then too like mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm yeah Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and I still would, you know what I mean? That's just, you know, um, and, it, but it's just so much that like, I guess kind of gets lost in the sauce, no matter what the, the era is. Um, but yeah, that fondest memories for me was just like when I, I'd say like, you know, Oh six, Oh seven getting LimeWire and really starting to download, you know, those albums was like, was like a, uh, I, I, I feel like I dived into another world. Like, you know, cause Back then, we'd be on our laptop anyway, doing homework or researching or writing a paper or whatever. So you need some music. So that's what I was listening to. It was, it was. If I can recall specifically, it's like I remember when iTunes first dropped, like mm-hmm. the iTunes Store. That was like '03, and I got a, a iPod Mini for um, for Christmas, like a gold one. And the first two songs I downloaded was. Get Me Home by Foxy Brown and Get Money by uh, <laughs> by uh, so it all it's full circle. And then, um, I think the first album I downloaded once I got LimeWire was uh, um, Long Live the Kane by Big Daddy Kane. And then, and then after that, it was probably like NWA or something like that. So, um, and I play in like I think it's it's probably on my list. Is Big Daddy Kane is probably on my list. Is like you know one of my favorite albums of all time because it's, yeah. it's that album is just you know it's amazing. And we had nothing but time to listen to music in college, especially yeah. like I 
came into Bowie fall 06. We didn't have cable freshman year. Mm-hmm. So music was a big thing. And, and you talking about iTunes. We had this thing set up to where we could access other people in our dorms music. Ooh, to share. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I I found out about a lot of music that way. Mm, yep. Yep. Uh, um, and real quick fun fact, just about like, you know, being in the dorms and music and everything like that. So I only stay on campus like like maybe one year. Um, Seriously? Yeah, for real. I was um all the rest of the time I, I commuted and you know, it was just I was just in a mirror's room or something like that, right? Um but I can recall like I guess it's related to RB. Um, I'm sure everybody, you know, had moments in they in they dorm when they sweet when you just, you know, somebody's blasting music or um, you know, for whatever reason, like, you know, you just you just feeling it, you're partying, you're going through a breakup, whatever. Um, yeah, like like I couldn't didn't nobody know about the shit I was playing, you know, within my old school <laughs> shit. So I had, you know, I had to keep it in the headphones. And if they wanted to learn or like listen, like, okay, cool, whatever. But they, you know, they was, you know, it's 06, so they playing like Jeezy and um Gucci or whatever it is, or you know, Go Go, Baltimore Club, whatever, whatever. Um that's a whole nother topic. Um <laughs> But uh I can recall like I don't know why I was feeling like playing love by music soul child, but like I was, I was at my desk, like singing it <laughs> and I ain't care. Nobody was around and like dudes caught me, uh, you know, just door cracked open, you know what I mean? Singing like nobody there. And they started recording me, you know oh. what I mean? <laughs> like, And this is before like iPhones this is like the flip phone. And they thought it was the most hilarious thing ever, but you know, <laughs> You know, just a little embarrassing moment, but everybody, you know, I'm sure did something like that. Oh, man. Which dorm was this again? This is Haley. This is like Haley and like, I was in Summer Bridge, so it might have been Summer Bridge, um, if I can remember. So this is before fall freshman semester. So. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it wouldn't have been as bad in Haley as maybe like. Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. So you kind of answered this a bit um, as far as your Mount Rushmore of hip hop, but who would you put on it? Ooh, so that's only four, right? Um, That is hard. It's hard. Um, Can I put a group or does it matter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Uh. Public Enemy. Um, Public Enemy, Biggie, Pac, and Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Because I think that, I think that, like, Public Enemy, they, they just mean so much, like, politically and the battles that they fought like as a as a as a unit to to bring hip hop where it is is like undeniable um you know what what fight the power means you know within the scope of the culture and all that kind of stuff so you can't can't like dispute them big and pot just with their own individual impacts like um you know and what that represented 
you know, within West Coast, East Coast, wherever we want to dive into that, whatever, whatever. Like both of them to me um, and what they represent are just, you know, it's so much influence that trickles down from what they did in such a short period of time to everybody that came after them. Um, And then with Big Daddy Kane, kind of similar to uh, Big is just because there without without those two, without Big Daddy Kane, without uh Big, you wouldn't have Jay Z. Um and without Big Daddy Kane, to me like, you know, like he just represents so much. He could do lyrical hip hop, he could do the smooth hip hop, he could he could, you know, for real rap his ass off. And then we talk about, you know, somebody that could be able to dress and 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 style and like had a had an image and and stuff like that, you know, um, represent Brooklyn, you know, all that kind of stuff, the, the, uh, um, you know, juice crew, you know, versus, you know, Queens and all that kind of stuff. Like it, again, influence, like, and, and representing like the eighties mainly, um, you know, I got to throw, uh, I got to throw big daddy Kane in there. So, um, you know, subject to change, but that'll be my, my worst more. Hmm. That's a, it's a difficult question for me to answer. Yeah. Um, I would say half of it's the same as yours. Mm. So I would put um, Biggie on it, Tupac, um, A Trap Called Quest. Mm. Ooh, see, I want I to <laughs> do it so bad. <laughs> and then I have to go Lil' Kemp. And mm. that's not to, you know, that's Especially not to discredit. Yeah. Yeah, it's not to discredit any of the other female rappers who came mm-hmm. before her. But when we're having the conversation about what female rap looks like today, hey. like, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be possible without that foundation. 100%. 100%. I agree. I agree. And the dope thing about both of our lists is they they still kind of like relate, you know what I mean? Because you don't have Kim without Big and with Tribe, um, well, Tribe is a whole wing of itself, in my opinion. But um, <laughs> you know, but but Tribe to me has just as much impact, if not more, as Public Enemy. It's just it's just um, in its own way because you know uh, the you know the Native Tongues movement, you know what I mean. Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, whatever, whatever. Without Tribe, I mean, probably, probably more modernly within hip hop. Without Tribe Called Quest, you don't have Pharrell, you don't have Tyler the Creator, you don't have Kanye, you don't have. Um, damn, I'm trying to think of other people. Um, any uh, Outkast, right? You don't, you, don't, you don't have none of those people without the influence of Tribe Called Quest. And I think I think you're like hovering over the point that I want to make too. Like yeah. I would say them and Wu Tang. Wu Tang oh, made yeah. it okay for you know nerdy black kids to mm-hmm. be able to say, "Hey, I made this music. You you may get it, you might not, but I'm gonna put it into the world anyway, and hopefully, yeah. you know." Hmm. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So yeah, yeah. I, and and. You know, not to go down a deep dive, but yeah, I, I, I think in one of our many combos, like the appreciation that we both have for Tribe, is 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 very well represented, like through throughout everything. It's just like Tribe Tribe needs to get their flowers, like for real. 
at all times. So fun fact, next time you're in Miami, by the way, I'm I'm recording from South Florida right now, but (laughs) next time you're in Miami, um, I believe he still does it, but Jerobi DJs at this place called 1-800-LUCKY down here. Mm. I still haven't gone to see him. When I went to 1-800-LUCKY, it was not the night that he does it. I believe it's like Monday nights, but Mm. put that on your to-do list. Wow. Okay. I'm putting that on there. Okay. Yeah. And then and everybody else has just heard that. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> dope. Wow. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check that out. So this has been a very fun conversation. Good catching up. Good walking through, um, you know, hip hop a bit from our perspectives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. And as you said earlier in the conversation, we have to have some conversations offline about who said what, but just know that people see you as somebody who knows this stuff, who's mm-hmm. like um, well-versed in it. So I personally wouldn't mind that being my reputation when it comes to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> well, to those people, yeah, I, I, I greatly appreciate that honor. Um, and I, I had to learn over the years how much the the era that we came from and as far as me donning the crown of the high top fade, how much of an impact that left for people. Cause you know, for people that know, like to this day, I still, you know, people still remember that. Like, like for instance, I, um, you know, my frat brother, Samay, um, from, from Bowie state, um, I'll be playing basketball with him tomorrow, um, in the, in the, in the AM and, uh, on one of our, one of our sessions when it was months ago and everything like that, he introduced me to some new people, um, kind of like in the Bible study type environment. And one of the first things he reminded me, like even before I pledged and, and I was getting to know him and everything like that, that's, that's what he reminded. He always remembered me of. He's like, Hey, use that dude with that high top fade. He's walking around campus. I'm like, um, but, but it was like a, I mean, it was like a, he, he always just reminds you like, reminds me in the fact that like, Marcus, you were doing that before anybody else was doing that. Like mm-hmm. nobody was doing that in 2008, 2009 and just thinking like that. Um, and, and you wore it proudly. It was part of who you were, um, you know, and, and it, but it stood out, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just feel honored that like, you know, um, that's kind of like, you know, still my reputation, but um, I love hip hop. Hip hop has done so much for me in my life. Um, so much of an inspiration. I'm, I'm, you know, it's a culture, so I'm glad to like give back to it in any kind of way. Um, and I just wanted to to continue. It's going to grow and and in uh, so many different ways. I'm sure people like us will always have our our attachment to you know a specific era, but um, you know things have to grow and mature in in their own time. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful to have this conversation and you know, maybe reminisce for some people that, you know, recall our era and, you know, educational to those that don't don't recall like some of the things we might have mentioned. So um, Right. Hopefully people go about. and do their homework after listening to this episode. Oh my God. What? <laughs> so, yeah. If you want to start research with tribe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We both Ty and I both will put our, our stand on the table and say like, you can start with tribe and go from there. You know, tribe had 
in my opinion, three important albums that you got to start with. People just think the travels and paths of rhythm, the low end theory, Midnight Marauders. Start there. It'll lead you in a lot of different places. All right. And if you ever <laughs> run into Marcus, I'm sure he will quiz you. So <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> That is it for this episode. Check the episode description for information on where to find me and information about today's guest. See you next time.